0: welcome to the
1: good bottle podcast join chris and drew two self-proclaimed booze pundits with a lifetime of industry experience as they walk you through the alcohol business and how today's headlines affect the industry each week the guys will be joined by a special guest that will help them break down these stories and offer their own expertise to the podcast so pour yourself a glass of your favorite drink and sit back this is the good bottle podcast
2: What is up, everybody out there in radio land? I am your host Chris Sinclair, joined by my co-host Mr. Uh, Drew Garrison. Homie, how are you? You feeling feeling better? Doing all right? I'm feeling good.
1: I think uh, you know two two straight weeks of whatever illness is just running rampant in Northern California and hitting everybody that we know. Yeah, it sucks. um, Is uh, is starting to subside? I think I still have some residuals. Still wake up a little bit of a sore throat, but, you know, um, I'm feeling more lively today. We had a, we had a cocktail competition earlier tonight we at, sure did at Bodega and, uh, and it was interesting. I didn't know how, how people were going to be able to get creative with it, but they did. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what you guys are doing over there and why it was so much fun? Uh,
2: yeah, I guess a little, a little, um, like uh, a footnote to it. it, you know, uh, the Coquito, uh, was an event that we ha- we had tonight we, we had a Coquito competition. Uh, my business partner, Rafael has been making Co- Coquito for as long as I've known him. And, uh, when he was in the Bay, he was even making it then and selling it to bartenders and industry, everybody, uh, everybody everywhere. And, um, he did, he did an event when he was general manager of hook and ladder, they blew it up. We wanted to do it again. Obviously, it fits our theme perfectly uh for everything that we're doing at Bodega. And obviously it's a quick keto, so why the hell not? Uh we are you know just four months in, so it's our first official cocktail competition that we've thrown. Um, we didn't want it to be too uh too hoity-toity. We wanted it to just mostly just be a community mm-hmm. event. And I, I think I think we kind of achieved that. I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. We got the homies out. lot of bartenders making making their their version of coquitos we it's supposed to be a pro-am but two of my ams uh uh didn't show so we we had uh one winner we had the winner who was the only one to show up and you know what she made a damn good coquito too it was her mother's recipe so for first for for
1: the uninitiated and maybe the excessively white out there what is a coquito (laughs)
2: Uh, the way I like to say it is, Coquito is uh is eggnog from the Caribbean, therefore it's got more booze and and uh you should see just the offense is, on our I guest know. face right now. I'm it's so got excited more, about this. more blue more booze, more flavor, and more soul. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: so because we gotta bring the man in while he's hot, <laughs> our guest tonight is a former colleague of mine, a friend of mine, a uh I mean just absolutely electric person, you can actually catch this individual at the Las Vegas Distillery in Las Vegas or from the comfort of your home on the new Drink Masters show now on Netflix. Alex Velez, what is up, brother? Tell us why Chris is so wrong about his description of Poquito.
3: Making the entrance right now from the third row. From the very top rope. warrior style well i don't know it's because it's the same you have to think about coquito the same thing the same way you think about cachaça it's its own shit that's how i'm putting it like that like the same
1: way yeah so for rum for the for people who don't know what cassacha is going to be a cane distillate from brazil it is what some people, you know, you could refer to it as a rum, but it's not rum. Even though it's made just like rum, it is called casasha. So the same thing is now applying to coquito, but hopefully, like, you know, but now keep elaborating. I just want to make sure because not everybody has all the insider info. So we got to make sure that we're always given terms. But go on, go on. Keep keep going yeah. with like why why it's so much better than eggnog. Oh, it's well, so much I better mean,
2: than eggnog.
3: So I mean, you have the creaminess of the coconut depending on like your spices that you put in the culture it holds up for like a long long time it's the, the texture the creaminess um it's freaking vegan like you like <laughs> it, it, it it fits every lbgt like it fits everything like it's 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 inclusive that's how coquito is different from Eggman. Um. In overall terms, it's like it's just a whole different vibe. Coquito is a lifestyle. Coquito is a vibe. I get it. I I, I get the egg nut thing. Um, I even posted in. So here's the thing. There's this new thing called Post. It's like the alternative for Twitter. Okay. And I just went on there and I, I was posting things about drinks that are kind of like relevant to Drink Masters, and I was getting no hits. The minute I post, conog, it's not a thing. Blew up because I saw this thing that people were trying to do a coquito and eggnog mashup and call con- <laughs> it the and I'm like, no, no, this is this is the same people that put raisins in potato salads. No, I don't <laughs> trust you. I don't trust you. So yeah.
1: So so to you. What is the recipe? Like how should you make it?
3: So like the uh, I, okay. Damn I'm not gonna disclose mine.
1: Well, because of course. This this, is, and that's the other funny thing about this, is like everyone is so protective so of their recipes. Protective. It so is protective. like it is just kind of like, man, who hurt you? But you know, go <laughs> but but go ahead. What is your what is what what recipes can you say and then like the Alex mix number three and all that stuff, you know?
3: Like uh, I like to use a spice rum, okay. Um, like a, a nice spice rum with um uh, evaporated milk, condensed milk, co- coconut water, roasted co- roasted coconut water, and um Coco Lopez. And then your usual spices and the ratio and whatever you want to to put. Then you know, but in in general, the core that's. That's how my grandma used to
1: drink it. So let me ask you this. So, you know, we have we had this competition tonight, and um, you know, I was I was brought in uh to to, to help judge. And one of the things that, that, that I always like to emphasize when it comes to competitions and things like that is like, you know, hey, take your inspiration, but don't get completely off the reservation from what the drink is supposed to be, right?
0: Yeah, yes, um, yes. you know,
1: elaborate, but but do your thing now. Um, we had a really, really great one, a really great drink that was made tonight. Now, I would not call it a coquito, but it actually it actually strayed more towards pina colada. You know, that was just definitely the vibe. And I think it's I think it's easy to trend that way, right? Um yeah. what's the key to avoiding taking this this drink and making it a pina colada? Because I feel like a lot of people couldn't could make those mistakes to get to that realm.
3: Just to stay true to the DNA, to the blueprint. If the blueprint doesn't call for a, techni- a technique or a, a step that is not required or called for, then like don't really, don't step out of the, that line because once you step to out, of, out, of, out of that line, you're making something else. It's not that mean that it's not delicious, doesn't mean that it's wrong doesn't mean that um you shouldn't do it it means that you're diverting from it and you're making something else which is fine you're just not making what they tell you what is right. what you're supposed to be making right which which you're gonna see that a lot when you hit when you see drink masters because <laughs> like <laughs> there's a couple of challenges that you go like, uh nah did that just happen and i get that a lot <laughs> I, I got that a lot but again it's a tv show and it it, it was super cool anyway it was super cool to do yeah. so
1: so why don't we make that transition to drink masters and then we'll get into lost spirits um so oh, yeah so this so this show i think at this point launched somewhere in the realm of like six to eight weeks ago um and you know it was obviously blowing up all the social medias within our industry and has remained to be one of the top watch things. If you go to your Netflix, you can you can find it relatively easy still. Um, I know you've been, you know, like you, like you know, you've kind of been on a press circuit uh, along with you know the other competitors as well. You have more things coming up which we're very excited to see unfold for you. Um, but you know, why don't you talk about, the process of like, you know, hey, there's there are thousands of bartenders that exist in this world. How I mean, I know you, so I know how the cream rises, but can you explain to people, it's kind of like, like, hey, how did how did you stand out? How are you the guy that they're kind of like, we need to have this dude on here? Now, if you watch the show, you completely understand why he was chosen, but if you have, you know, like for people who haven't watched yet, like, why do you think that you got this
0: opportunity?
3: Man, <laughs> it was super crazy because I was like having breakfast. I was with Brian actually, and Brian is is the, the guy that founded Lost Spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I and I open up my computer, and one of the, these these casting calls as comes up, and I'm looking at dude. There's a casting call for like, um, a bartending TV show thing. Could you imagine I'm making it to this shit? It's like <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Go for it. Whatever. So I started filling it up, filling up the casting, the first the first form. Like super cocky, super like like obnoxious. Like not me at all. Not me at all. It's like like I'm like I could be loud and whatever and, and Pinterest or however the people want to label it nowadays. So I don't give a fuck. But I don't um but one thing that I'm not is like disrespect for anything like that. But I was borderlining this shit. I was very cocky and like and and I got the call and I'm like get the fuck out of here. Now I have to do the now I have to be that guy.
0: Shit. You know <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and and now I had to and I and, and I did. And in every interview I was like like Super, cu- yeah, dude, come on. You haven't Googled me? Oh, please, come on now. Your show wouldn't be shit if I'm not there. Like, it's straight <laughs> up like that. <laughs> up like that. And, they're like, and, and they were like, is that so? We're very intrigued. Haven't you followed my work? Come on now. Like, stuff like that. I was like, and every time something, like, I felt like died inside of me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm pulling this off. I can't believe it. And um and then they were like dude it was crazy and then it went through and once I got there I they saw that I, I wasn't that guy he's like this guy's adorable how the <laughs> fuck you can say and I'm like yeah nah. I'm like, yeah no nah, nah, nah.
0: <laughs> well
1: that was that was one of the things that I was explaining to you like as as we were getting on is that you know we had we had all the holidays last week and and my mom was like, it's like, hey, have you, have you have you watched Drink Masters yet?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've watched a couple of them." And it was really just kind of written for some of my friends, like one of the, you know the guy Alex, um, Puerto Rican guy. He we used to work together, and she was like, "Oh my God, I love that guy!" And I was like, "I was <laughs> like, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty lovable." So, um, so that's great. Well, let you know, like so, like I said, I mean, you have you have this show that's been very popular and it's and it's kind of you know casting a different light on the industry and things and you know we've had really great documentaries over the years we've had really good exposés but like you know netflix is a completely different animal it's got one of the highest subscription lists in in the entire world and you've been you've taken this this world like when you look at like drink masters and just like the impact um you know we discussed some of the benefits that you have received from it before we started recording but it's like what do you see Drink Masters doing as a whole for this industry? If assuming yes. that it can continue to go,
3: yes, man. And this is this is something that it's it's great that that you have. that's a great question because what Netflix has done and what the show has done, and to clear a lot of misconceptions, the drinks are secondary. The drinks were not even the important thing about the show. Um, here's the thing, the show, first of all, like sheds light on the thought process of us spirits professionals that sometimes get high end clients, venues, event coordinators that just walk up to you and tells you, hey man, I need some cocktails. This is your budget. This is the deadline. And, immediate, and you, the, the only difference is that in real life, you get three months, a couple of weeks to come up with that and do the R&D and the research and tastings prior putting it and on a menu and be able to execute that for the masses. Um, before you even get to that, there's a thought process. That thought process you get to do it in 90 minutes. Yeah. Not three weeks, not three months. So that's why, like, it's not that you're going to get that same drink in every bar that you go. That's not the purpose of the show. The purpose of the show is not to um, show you that a drink can take an hour and a half to make. No, that's not the... It's The drinks are are just the supporting cast of this thing. The drinks are the supporting... A vessel in this way of the process that we go through the stresses that sometimes we have to go through when we order an ingredient and the distributor doesn't get it or it's only by allocation or that type of and then you have in mind a plan and that it's going to come out a certain way and it doesn't so it's that's why the the show it, it was kind of cool because it checks it's it, the intent is to shed light on our mind and our thought process, our creativity. The drink, whatever comes out, some of these drinks don't even make it on the menu, on a real menu. That's not even, that's not important. The important thing is how do you react when they tell you, yeah, I need a drink that it's two colors green and red. Go. <laughs> You know, yeah. And okay, what well, am What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Or what happens when they give you a fruit and when you cut right in the middle, and everybody's happy? It's rotten. You already had. I already. I already had a plan with that fruit that I picked. I already had a recipe, a theme, a story. I already had the ninety minutes compromise. On a concept before it even opens, I cut into it. The fruit is rotten. What the fuck am I supposed to do? What am I top process now? I don't want to go home. You know what I mean. Yeah. That's the thing. That's um, that's 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 the stressing part. That's what we go through. It's not that I got to make plantains. And a whole story with my, that was my backup plan. That was, that was for six challenges ahead. I had to like, that's what people don't see that prior going up to a challenge. You need to have already between five to six concepts already lined up, waiting for which one you're going to pull and to adjust to the challenge. Like the parrot, that was, that was my third option. I was gonna recreate a whole fucking solar system for the color challenge and have the sun in the middle in a spherical, which is a la color on top of the hill, like with yes. gla- glaring shit. And I was gonna pour in each glass around it in a spherical form. And as I pour, it will change colors of the planet as you were drinking it. That was my first option. But when they tell me, no. It's only green and red. I'm like, fuck, that's not <laughs> going to work. And then, I, and then my second thing was to recreate a, 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 something that the Canadians do with, with fresh snow and boiling maple syrup. And you, you make your own lollipops out of maple syrup. And then you, I was going to have them stir whatever. Again, green and red. Fuck no. What's my third thing? <laughs> fucking parrot. Yes.
1: <laughs> so it going into it, I mean, do they give you an idea at all of what you're gonna do? Is it, it just really kind of on the fly? Yes. Yeah.
3: Like, I always I always chat on reality shows. Like, oh that shit's scripted, like, oh, you know, whatever. I was part of one. No, that shit was fucking real. Like you yeah. walk you, you wake up one night, you wake up one morning, you walk into the studio. Welcome mixers. How are you today? Um, Fruit. That's what you're going to work. You're like, fuck, we thought it was Tiki or we thought it was a different theme. Like we were like, as the episodes progressed, we will, we were in a green room breaking our heads trying to figure out the next challenge so we can be up on a, with with a leg up and be prepared with our concepts and Every single time we failed. Okay, guys, this is gonna be tiki night. Yeah, it has to be. No, but they're not gonna call it tiki. They're gonna call it like tropical Nights. Yes. Yeah. How? Yeah, you're wearing a tiki shirt. Yeah, you're wearing something, whatever. And no, it was a gala, or it was something that was like, oh no. <laughs> so That's you
0: not- know the
1: the thing that I've always been curious about when it comes when it comes to those shows is because obviously this takes time to record and to get done and things like that what was the recording schedule like i mean are you basically like going to brian at lost spirits and be like hey i'm taking the next two weeks off or or maybe only a week i don't know i'm gonna do how does that work in terms of like i mean how do people set this time aside to go and compete on these things
3: i i can only speak for myself and what i and like i'm very grateful that i have a great supporting team. Um, I have people that really back me up and Brian and the whole crew. They're like, in every crazy ass shit that I get into, they yeah, man, go. You got it. So it wasn't, and I also have a team that developed the concept because we had to reinvent the whole bar interaction and the whole bar interaction concept in Lost spirits, like
0: yeah.
3: because I don't have a. It's 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 a distillery. It's not a bar. If it's, even though if it's if it's in Vegas, our license is for distillery. It's not a bar, right. so I have to get around that and I have to build cocktail stations with RTDs and I make so the RTD movement. I have to embrace it with twelve RTDs that they all fit a different room in, in, in a form of a menu that now what I highlight more and I emphasize more is on hospitality and customer interaction because I'm not back there doing a showmanship, shaking 310, spitting fire, and staring with my eye. You know, <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you stir with your eye? Well, I, I try. <laughs> Tried it with my ears, it didn't work.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so you, so you yeah. have that going on. How, so, how long were you away for for the competition?
3: For a for a month and and change.
1: That is insane to me. Like I just yeah. like that's so that's so crazy. Where did where was it filmed at?
3: In on 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 the Hammer in Ontario, Canada.
1: That is crazy.
3: They call it the armpit, but I thought it was the best place. Like it was amazing. I I went. I ate like forty different places. I had a fucking sick ass time. I party like a fucking animal. I went out every freaking night, even though they didn't like we weren't supposed to. We I was getting at... <laughs> I was getting a dude. I I love Canadian chicks. God bless them. They are like they're like. We don't deserve them. There's gotta be a meme that we don't deserve them. Canadian chicks are amazing. God bless them. Yes. I was getting back to the hotel every night like at 4 a.m. I have to be filming at seven.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. Well that explains yeah. a lot more now about how your competition went. So yeah, you know, this is a little bit of insider baseball. Okay, now let's let's transition to the distillery because you've been touching on it and and I think one of the things that like we, we wanna set we want to set the tone here. Um, you know, the Lost Spirits Distillery located in in Las Vegas. Um, you know, Brian yeah. Davis, who you've mentioned multiple times, is the owner, proprietor of that. And it is, you know, I, I made the joke earlier that it's like it's more Willy Wonka's alcohol factory than your typical distillery. And then you just Got into the fact of having twelve different RTDs, so those ready-to-drink cocktails in each different room that people are doing the tour of. So you know, again, get get a little bit more into kind of like what you guys are doing at Lost Spirits and why you have three hundred people lined up outside of it before you even open.
3: So you call it the Willy Wonka. That that's that's pretty accurate. I I go a little bit deeper, and I want and I want to say Narnia meets the american horror story freak show it's it's yeah it's crazy because the minute you walked in you get like drawn into this world of like um burlesque um snake charmers magicians walking around like um ring masters people instilled acrobats aerialists um comedians like and then you have a live 19, like, 1940s jazz bands playing today's pop hits but in, in like in jazz form like really crazy really good um then then all that is happening while you have a live tour going on with tour guides taking you through the distillery taking you through our reactor room which is one of the things that um we are known for is the fast aging process that we do with photodegradation and um, building a reactor that uh, accelerates the aging process. Um, so we're able to do a 20-year-old rum in six days. Um, this Bistonian has written about us and about the uh, the process. And um, it's, a, it's a science peer review journal that you can go in, check it out. And there's a whole story about how the um, the science, the innovation, and the art, evolu you know has evolutionized and has shaped the aging standards. Um, and there's other other fun things that we t- that we do uh, in the industry that um, it, they're just dope to they're just dope to look at. And that takes on a on a whole new thing where, while that's happening. Um we are still a distillery. We are not a bar, we're not a club, we're not a venue, we're not a lounge. We are a distillery where you can still walk in, get your education on rum, how it's made, where it's from, the, the process that we do, our still, our column still, our pot still system, our reactor, our aging room, those type of deal. You know, you can still geek out hard. Um and but but go out and then have a whole world of like performers. All the performers are from Cirque du Soleil or most of them, they work with Cirque du Soleil. And um, we also have a a strong burlesque um, culture, which funny because out of the 12 RTDs that I have, I named five of them after the burlesque or we named actually the whole rtd line for the tropical room after the the burlesque performers that established the culture at first in lost spirits to set the pavement for the other performers to come in and do the, their other acts we started first with burlesques, and each one of them they get a cocktail. We got the Servanna Fox, the Michelle Lamour, the Bettina May, um, the Lily Allure, um, the Ginger Watson. And those all, all of them are famous and well renowned burlesque performers. I mean, Michelle Lamour was banned from YouTube 2019 for because of her act. She's what we call a resident black sex panther so so okay so
1: you you name them you know you're you're you name them after these different performers and then as you had said like there's a different form of hospitality that you've now had to take on right because it's like it's no longer shaking the tin it's no longer stirring with your eye it's you know it's (laughs) different this different approach so you know you're you're obviously putting you're putting together all of these different drinks you're putting together you know why they're in these different spaces throughout the distillery what you know what or do you have any interaction
3: with guests at this point yes and and that's the beauty of this because we were forced to reshape the bar interaction concept um because now i'm not asking you hey how do you want the stir or do you want this with salt on the rim um there's no garnishes. There's no. Hey, do you need a straw or do you wanna do you wanna cold mug for your beer? No, um, that whole breaking the ice has to come on a different form, and now we are um dedicating more into the communication aspect. Now, this kind of outlet or this kind of format leads me room to be creative with ingredients and provide a fl- a flavorful experience and I can focus now on the customer service aspect of hey so where are you guys visiting from? Oh in hey, Vegas for the first time first time at mm-hmm. Lost Spirits. What do you think about this place? Crazy, huh? Yeah. Well let me tell you a little <laughs> bit about the menu. And,
1: so, and you, it's just, just, so you feel you said that a couple of <laughs> times, you know?
3: Yeah. <laughs> so it just rolls out like that and, and right and right from the get-go they feel at home and everybody's trained to give you the same experience and the same treatment either if you are the top high-end elite or somebody that just coming in for the first time from puerto rico or yeah. from some other pipe you know you get the, the, the same sex, you know and that was that if you look at reviews our reviews on customer service and the hospitality it's like people like i mean to be able to please 25,000 people and get a month and get an overall grading performers of performance of like four to a five star i like, consistent rating you you have to be on uh, the staff the program the trainings needs to be uh, in sync with with everything, you know,
0: yeah.
3: and, and so that's why these RTDs like have shaped the whole bar interaction, and and it, and it gives me time to like talk about like I have this crazy ass cocktail that um we sell on a large format because Brian comes up to me and said, "Hey man, I want to put champagne on on the menu for for the dinners because we do also and Immersive pop-up dinner that is themed after the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, and it's 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 sixteen courses. It's around like almost it's like 320 dollars per person. You get sixteen courses, six cocktail pairings. So I, my my two cents of for that program that I put was only this crazy ass concept that. Brain was like, so I want to serve champagne, and it, it became so popular and so wild that I have to sell it now, and include it in my RTD format because it got out of hand. So he comes like, I want to, I want to put champagne. I want to be celebratory. I'm like, cool. You're a distillery. You're not a winery. We can't do it. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. It's like like, we're only allowed to sell distillates that we make in-house and you're not no. So he's like, cool, then figure it out. So I took a a rum cocktail with the navy, which is 122 proof, and creme our creme de cerise, which are our style of a cherry bounce, which it's kinda like an old New Orleans style of like a cherry liqueur type of deal it's called cherry bounce it's okay. a style of it's a style of a new orleans thing and i did a cocktail out of that with elderflower tonic water and some other shit and clarified that and now it, it, it came out like the color of Moscato a little bit
0: mm-hmm. so
3: now now i need the acidity of of champagne so recreate the acidity, the mylactic acid that starts to form in on champagne with a little bit of tartaric acid and lactic acid, did a solution of that. And now I have a, a nice champagne acid backbone to it. Added a little bit of citric acid as well for a little bit of more pop and complexity. And once I got that done, now I have the exact same acidity, mouthfeel. And color of champagne. Now I need the flavor structure, so I went and added um, cognac oil, which it's fucking four hundred bucks eighty ml. Like I cognac oil. Yes, I dude. That that even hurt without vaseline. Like that (laughs) shit was. That shit was like. That shit got in me limp. And a limb, actually, limb, yes. It, 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 it tore my insides in. But I only need three drops for three liters. And then I let that condition overnight, and boom. I have the exact same flavor and acidity and mouthfeel of fucking stale Moscato. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, you know, I think... No, wait, the- wait, wait,
3: wait, wait. Okay. Wait, it stop? No, 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 no. So now I need bubbles. Okay. So, I did a, right. I did a, so now I did a little bit of a, of a mixture of 80% nitrous to 20% CO2 and carbonate that, pump it, put it in a bottle, and boom, dude. Fucking taste like champagne.
1: a sparkling cocktail. He's holding it That's right bad. now. We don't release video, so we're going to tell them what they're what we're looking at so Uh, it's
3: crazy it's it's crazy so yeah so So.
1: i think the i think the thing that 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 i was thinking about as you're describing this is that you know very much so every bar every restaurant is a performance right but you guys are doing a performance on top of a performance and you're also dealing with the concept of you know, it's kind of like the Disney thing. It's like, this could be someone's first visit here. We need to make it special every freaking time. You know, with your staff, with the people that are working there, you know, how is that communicated? How do you keep people motivated just to bring that A-game
3: every single day? It's it's a vibe. It's it's the energy. It, it's you, you, you need special people, like to, to be in the same wavelength that you are. And that's on the hiring team when we hire, like the, the process, um, all ev- everybody that we have, it's into performing arts. Everybody, like we don't have, I think there's only like one or two ex bartenders, everybody else, art teacher, gymnast, like um librarian, like, you know, and that proves you that you don't really need to be like a whole you know, cocktailarian, whatever, to, to be part of this. As long as you have the willing and, and these people can guide you through a whole fucking tasting, like they tell you like, hold it. This, this angle, this is what you get. These are the layers. This is the structure of flavor. This is the structure of, and the sequence of what you're going to get. These are the flavors that you should be looking for. This is why. And they can each of our employees can guide you through and explain you the the um the photodegradation process, the ester the esterification the uh, attanic reactor, the tannic reactor the, the the spectral machine um, uh, when when we distill for fermentation, what is distillation what is happening right now with the molasses what is the percentage how many um what how, how many gallons did you yield out of a barrel you know those things that the average consumer asks boom everybody on staff because it's interesting we make it interesting when we train we we, we make it interesting and like i'm the head I'm, I'm i'm the head of training as well i'm the beverage director of the thing so when we were conducting trainings i would always make it like like that like like, like you know like with stories like with things that they, they need to follow up with homework, you know? Um,
0: yeah.
3: So, it's, 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 it's who, who leads and, and who motivates, you know? And, and we have a tight, a tight crew in each department, you know? My department, it, it, it's, you know, does what it needs to do. The art department does their thing, like, so, it, each, each department, the head of it, it's, it's, it's amazing. So, the rest, are gonna be amazing as well, so it's it's super cool and and everybody brings it every day.
1: That's awesome every week. So, um, before we move on to our top stories, one last question for you, because of you know the popularity, like, what's your suggestion to someone who's listening to to this interview right now and be like, I gotta go to, I gotta go to this place. What's the best route to get in? Can they make reservations? Do they? Is it just show up and hope? Do you have to pay people off? What's the situation?
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely um, you have to uh, bring me your first child,
0: you know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, we, like, uh, yes, go to the website, dot uh, net or .com, and um, buy tickets, get them in um, uh, you know, advance. Um, Don't don't go there to just buy the chicken. You can walk in, so welcome, but it's better. Um, dress comfortably. Do not pregame. Follow the instructions on the website. Um, it's a little bit more than what you're gonna bargain for. So like you like so, you know, eat something.
0: I love. He
1: um, says, "Don't pregame" is the best advice ever. That's so funny.
2: Yes, because a lot of people. Are, <laughs> I imagine so I love- many people were like, "Oh, we're in Vegas. Yeah, let's drink. Okay. Oh shit, let's go to a distillery." And then it's all downhill. Gone. Yeah, after the,
3: <laughs> after the second tasting, they're like, where am I? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
3: And there's this-
1: fucking dragon stills. <laughs> they have no idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> and,
3: and, there's, and there's so much shit going on in that place. Like, it's 45,000 square feet. We recreated a whole city inside of another city with little streets with little alleys that you walk through and it takes you to a different time period. There's a tunnel that you pass by and then you you encounter Donnie Darko. And the next thing you are in a freaking submarine with Billy Bass. And then you are spit into another room with inside like what appears to be inside of a belly of a submarine with dancing chandeliers and a cracking at the very end with Leonard Corrin like serenading away, you know?
1: just your normal distillery just your normal run-of-the-mill yeah just meat potatoes distillery
3: Uh, wednesday through monday you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right well i think it's time for our opinions on facts that we've heard from reputable sources okay so our first story is uh excessively topical uh, it has to do with the world cup and I'm sure everyone is caught up on, uh, on the opening rounds of, of games here. Uh, but the big story that emerged just right when the cup uh, started was Budweiser had planned to, was the lead beer sponsor for FIFA's world cup was told that they would be able to sell beer in Qatar, which is a Muslim country that typically does not allow alcohol. And then at the 11th hour, the officials from Qatar basically came out and said, nope, you are not selling alcohol near or in our stadiums. We are against this. And so Budweiser was left with hundreds of thousands of cans of beer and um, they are definitely making some form of lemonade with it. They will be awarding all of this beer to the winning country of the world cup, but they are also going to be suing FIFA for the damages involved um i obviously again this is a very topical thing but i also think this is something that both of you guys can speak to because you know sponsorships happen uh chris the competition tonight was sponsored by picardi you know um but you know when you when you see things like this like there's really kind of no like if if someone's to back out like there's really no repercussions for set accounts or things like that mostly in our world because a lot of this stuff is kind of taboo when it comes to some of the other forms of sponsorship that exist within the alcohol industry i'm not sure what all the rules are in nevada alex but i mean obviously you spent a lot of time in california as well and you're very familiar with how money is spent out here but <laughs> um you know i just cluster, I,
3: cluster seven cluster seven
1: yeah just all kinds of right um so with with that being said and seeing that let's just start with this story you know uh when you see something like this and you see this big company get burned alex what's your first what's your first thought i mean do you feel bad for budweiser you're kind of like hey that's what you get for getting in bed with fifa
3: you can never feel bad for the billionaires or for the big guys no i don't feel bad for them but i do think that um, good for them that they're like i, I mean you can tell that's not that's not run by a Latino because the minute the minute that, that shit would happen, we'll be like, Oh yeah? Oh yeah, who's your biggest enemy? This is yeah, we're gonna help them out way more than you motherfuckers. We're gonna give them a hundred million dollars, all the freaking beer, we're gonna send some more prostitutes there, and we're gonna have like a fucking blast under your name. But that didn't happen. So I, I I give it like, you know, it kind of sucks because a lot of money gets goes into, and and a lot of energy and a lot of a lot of working hours go into the uh, scheme of things and to um plan for events and to have people in place and for at, at the last moment to pull it like everybody has has the right to determine if they're gonna go with the plan or not, but do it in a matter or in a time or. B- I, I, at least for business etiquette don't don't screw people like that don't like It, it it's just that it's it's just something that I would never think of like doing as a business you know though like don't don't screw those screw with people like that like find an alternative like I thought that was kind of shitty to do at the last moment just because it was the last moment if you change your mind say you and me set up an event and Something happens, there was a change of mind, change, whatever, but I go and, and I tell you, and things can get fixed, you're entitled to do that. But right at the last moment, that kind of seems like with a bad intention almost. Oh, uh, like, yeah.
0: Like, totally. like, like,
3: like, I'm like, like, like in bad faith. Like the Argentinians would call it mala leche. mala leche. Huh? Boludo you know that you know you didn't do that yeah
1: look at we're learning things on the good now, podcast this,
3: now do you feel bad for them like no not really they they you know now yeah
2: they can sort it out but yeah
1: chris what did what did you think
2: i mean uh, this is uh really fascinating and, and, and really deep a much more deep topic than just beer not being sold in in the stadiums and and even that's like not entirely factual right because it's still being it's still being readily accessible to the people who paid top dollar for the uh for the vip suites and everything in the same like in the same uh uh stadium as everybody else who's not allowed to drink it right right um and you know fifa being corrupt as hell that's that's not new new news at all you know we all know that uh and the fact that they went to qatar is very telling right i mean it's a it's a it's a nation state with multiple human rights abuses you know they they're a very corrupt country as it is um and they it you know it's pretty well known that they they bought their way into having into having, um, uh, you know, the world cup come. I keep trying. This has been a problem that I've had the entire, the entire um, tournament. I keep wanting to say world-class just because of, you know, bartending. Uh, So I have to keep correcting myself, but world cup, the much more impressive competition.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, I think the where I kind of want to steer this steer this now, and it's kind of what like Alex, like what you were touching on, because obviously, like these are like these events and things, you know, happen on a much smaller scale all over, you know, the all over the United States, all really all over the world, like all these different forms of forms of sponsorships and and things like that, and to take that kind of hit. I mean, are there I mean, in your guys' experience, like, are there sponsors that, like, are really, really fun to work with that are open to different ideas? Or, you know, if, if you have, like, a sponsorship story that you could share that you kind of like, like oh, yeah, like, this was a really good partner. Um, anything like that. I don't know if anything comes to mind for for either one of you.
2: I mean, I worked with, you know, um, probably favorite event I, I ever threw was our, our first year of, uh, of Camp Monkey uh, that Chad and I threw. Chad... Chad and Matt and I, when we, when we uh, were actively running uh, fluid concepts. And And so that was, that that was rad. You know, um, it was pretty much just like a a meeting of minds. Uh, Tegan and I were catching up one day a few years ago. This is while she was still working for, uh, for um, William Grant. And she was saying she wanted to go camping, and I was saying, "Hey, I've got this idea for an activation that's out in the woods; should be a lot of fun." And she was like, "You know what? Let's do it," and uh, and you know, we put the logistics together and and made it happen. And it was a little a little sloppy, but it was a lot of fun. That uh, was with
1: monkey's monkey shoulder. That was monkey shoulder scotch. That's right. That was, yeah.
2: and it it was really fantastic. The next year went even bigger, um, which might have been a little too big, and. I don't know, whatever, but it, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, we, a bunch of bartenders camping out uh, in, you know, in the woods, running into bears, probably not great, but it was still fun. Uh, you know, cooking outside, waking up stupid early to drink coffee off of a fire. It was great, man. It was, it was, it was a lovely time that really just came from uh, spawned from having access and actually a necessity because brands have their KPIs and the necessity to to create activations and uh, and being partnered with a little bit of imagination and thinking outside the box.
1: Yeah I think that's one thing that you know we were we were making jokes about that tonight where it's like KPIs your key performance indicators that a lot of these brand ambassadors and things have where you know, there's like, like, oh, should we be taking pictures? It's like, yeah, you need to take pictures because you need to submit this to your brand at the end of the month or you need to spend X amount of dollars or, you know, give out these swag or get these menu items you know, do these different things. And I think that's like, you know, those events can be really fun and they are really good exposure because you start to make that really fun, um, you know, association with that brand. You're like, oh yeah, I had a great time at the monkey shoulder camping. Like, like if I have to pick a blended scotch, I might default to to monkey shoulder now because it's like, oh, I have good memories tied to this. Um, Alex, is there anything that you can think of that you're kind of like, like, oh yeah, that was like a really fun one, or that was a really cool thing?
3: So, like, I i i'm i'm, I'm a little modest in these things, but I had a success rate of ninety five percent of my activations, will got me at least six to seven brands. I start like um one, one, that really strikes me of a great memory is that there was this place in Oakland that we only had one brand and it was like a very rare whiskey. It was the Lagavulin Master Distillers, nothing else, nothing, and the guy was such a hard ass, like really hard to get into. So I started going in. and started and then I wanted to do Motown Mondays or Motown Saturdays or Motown, something Motown. And since it was Oakland, I wanted something with that would we'll tie it into like a nice, classy place with cool sound music and cool vibe. And I came in and I set up a crazy-ass activation. By the end of my quarter, I was up 1,300% in my account. And now the dude's buying like cases of Johnny Walker Blue that at the time, it was like very hard to do because that's off the bat. It's a $1,000 to just for that case. And 17 brands were brought in into that account. And it was one of my most successful stories. But also, I've gotten denied hard, hard when I came up with the idea to do on the Redwoods a Don Julio dinner where it was where well, we were going to recreate a part of the woods all in holograms where the Atotonilco where um where Don Julio kind of like was first starting his business and have Don Julio come out in a hologram form as part of a video and start talking about tequila while we sip in 1942. And this is going to be directed to the 10 most um, high-profile clients that the company had at the time, and they were all filming. Going to be filmed by drones with a hyperlink to the world class channel, and, and 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 you know, and that I had the company Digital Domain right on deck to produce this thing, but there was a lot of moving parts, timing and budget. Like that dinner was going to go at least for ten point five. And I got a big ass snow in my head, but I, <laughs> but but I talked, I sent that, I presented that, that with Amber, Sunny. I went home and I I went hard on this, and I I created doubt in them because they were like, damn. So I motivated them enough, so they went out and tried to find out the moving parts, and they came back at me. They were like, "This just sounds so fucking cool, but we can't." We can't do it. It's, it's 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 gonna go like for ten point something, and it's gonna blow our budget. We 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 can't. But the way I laid it out, they were like, "Holy fuck, that's an activation!" Like, yeah, like I was t- like I was talking like the owners of Costco and and the owners of like the like. I said, like, "You find your accounts that need this shit. I got your presentation." Let's fucking do this. But yeah, I know. But yeah, it's important because up to this day, I've got a a great relationship with Enrique and with Enrique de Colza. And because I, he was one of the ones that I went like, dude, I have this idea. He was like, what the fuck, Alex? Yes. Yes. He was all in it. He was like, too bad that, you know, he was a little bit out of his reach too. But he was like, so that means that activations and 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 sponsorships like that is always important because you never know at the end who you end the relationship who ends up doing what harm for who you know and, and uh, uh, the ripple effect of all this bullshit that is going on sometimes these people don't even see it don't even feel it it's the little people the working class the people that wants to savor their beer watching their 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 favorite team you know and they want to do that without having the need to pay thousands of dollars for a fucking beer you know they want to just be able to just go to the next neighbor and grab a six pack and watch the game they can't do that you know how fucking sick is that that you are <laughs> not that you are not able to Deliberately and freely have a beer with your neighbor watching and rooting for, for, for your team because some high-glass balls dude with the money and power decided, nah, we're not going to do it. It doesn't really affect them because they can just go ahead and buy a case and have it at their house. It's the people that work 18 hours in a market, barefooted, you know, trying to save for the week so they can have that beer, you know? It's the teacher that has to be in a classroom full of kids screaming and shit. You know? It's the it's the ER or the 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 ER nurse that just got done seeing somebody die that wants to grab a beer. And do that.
1: I love just like this stream of consciousness that Alex like constantly has with stuff. Cause it was just like these, all these points of how important these activations are. And now we're talking about ER nurses, you know, and it's just like weaving, weaving in and out. I do, I do want to wrap this conversation with the point of like, you know, for people who are listening, who are in industries who are who is in the industry and stuff, it's like these activations could be really important to your professional career as well. Um, These are great places to make connections. And when you become someone who brands can rely on to execute good activations and good events and follow through on what you say you're going to follow through on that will continue to open up a lot of doors for you. So I do want to bring that back. And I do want to emphasize because Alex did touch on that. And I want to make sure that we really drive that point home of, of, it's, it's good for the brands, but it can also be very very, very good for you as an individual if you set yourself apart from others in terms of execution and ideas and things like that.
2: So I'm gonna st- I'm gonna start off I'm gonna even go farther than you and say and say that it starts before you even start creating your own activations. And developing them and executing them it starts with ac- actually showing up to other people's activations oh for
1: sure yeah. and yeah.
2: being being a part of them and showing up to the ones that you say that you're going to show up for the ones that you RSVP for right like yeah you can't be you can't be a writer unless you read you can't you can't produce movies unless you enjoy watching movies like it, you're not you're not a musician unless you enjoy music right like if you if you want to get into producing activations, go to activations, be a part of them, enjoy them, build the community around them, and then and then try your hand. Find yeah. a mentor, something like that, and then and then do it the right way. Don't just come out, you know, don't just get approached by someone and go, Oh, yeah, I think I can do that, and then fuck it all up for everybody. Yeah. What
3: really's gonna what really is gonna set you apart in any activation or in any sponsorship is how <coughs> Genuine you are as a person, and how that first interaction there's there's no you don't have any other chance, only the first chance, that first impression that that's gonna set you apart from anybody else, how genuine do you come off with, you're not trying too hard, you're not being too lazy, you're just being you. And if you can just show that in 30 seconds to a minute and a half of int- because that's that's what you got the rest is going to be shit It's that you, then, you, then you're good you're going to be good but otherwise the, always be ready so you don't have to get ready you know that's i feel like that stupid niche uh, thing i have yeah but i'm like yeah
1: Well, I think, so So we are running a little long. So what we're going to do is we're going to skip the second story because basically it's just talking about how shit's getting more expensive and we don't need to talk about that anymore. So what we're going to do is we're going to skip that. We're going to jump right to Dope Follows. You know who's dope?
0: Them over there.
1: Okay, so Dope Follows is one of my favorite things. This is where we're going to tell you cool people to check out, maybe cool Netflix shows to watch. Like Drink Masters, um, mm-hmm. which I do believe was dropped a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, books, other podcasts, of course, including ours, and uh, just kind of whatever that we think is dope. So, Alex, I want you to kick us off. Who is your dope follow? Who should people be checking out?
3: Um. So there's there's this there's two podcasts. One is that like "Hablemos de Comida." If you're speaking Spanish, it's a Puerto Rican podcast about food and and, and what's happening with the with gastronomy and all the like innovation, art and and science that are like going out there. Um um there's a bartender's rant podcast too, but every single character or contestant that was on Drinkmasters, it's a dope fellow. Because I the way that there was a picture that popped up not too long ago about all of us. And I swear that whole crew looked like the new installment of an e c comics crew super <laughs> like each one of us had a different superpower. I swear like if you look at at us and the breakdown of like e- each of us had a different shining light, a different shine, a different glow that sets us apart from each other, and it, it was it, it was fun to put that together so each one of us it's a fucking dope follow like you get you know you just go to the show and 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 look everybody up on on instagram and 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 follow because it's like suzu from san francisco that guy's super dope i love that i love
1: suzu i mean suzu is like like one of those guys that I like, I like randomly find him at different bars in San Francisco. So he just picks up so many random shifts. It's like the most hilarious thing in the world. So yeah, I love that guy. Good, good. Call. You know,
3: yeah. You got Kate in fucking like New Mexico, like, you know, like badass chick and stuff like that. You know, like, and the, the, the guys from Canada, that, that Tao guy, like, you know, like, like with, with, very rad, you know, with own style, fashion driven, you know, Lloyd, you know, like very fun, super creative, pushing the envelope, wasn't scared of anything. For God's sake, the dude had the opportunity to pick anything else than durian, and he went straight up for the durian. That's how the 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 gift of the dude you got some durian balls came out came about. <laughs> because you know what i mean so each one of us is a dope fellow we each of us is a good, uh, um, interesting story we different techniques different style of bartending to tell you the truth like i don't like i haven't bartend in years like when, when you when you come to the distillery i'm the beverage director i i i developed the concept the drinking concept and the drink recipes for the distillery like I'm not behind a bar, so I'm not a bartender. Neither um, um, um There's there's another girl there. Like she she works at a side, like 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 in, in a cider place, like making cider or something like that. You know, the Instagram girl. She's she's she does Instagram drinks, like in the in her house in, in a studio. You know, which I think that's great that the show included somebody like that. Because we are evolutionizing, we are growing, we are moving forward, and there's an itch and there's something for everybody. And she has her followers, she has a quarter million followers, people that look her up for drinks. Um and, and, and you know, and and that's something that's valid because people that breathe and pay and that money pay for her services. So why not show her that that's another branch of what we do it's like when flair bartending came in you know oh people tossing bottles (laughs) oh my god what a joke you know now they are in a circuit they compete they're elevated there's a market for them it it's it's showing you where else it can go so you know because i i a lot of people ask they tell me like the instagram girl and i'm like no no look at it from this perspective and then they go like oh yeah you know you're right yeah yeah and then also when i explain about the drinks not being the main focus it's the thought process like oh right it makes sense yeah so i'm glad that I, i get to clear out a lot of people that say like who's gonna put dry ice or gonna go like you know like those things are editing it's 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 it's, it's TV. i was staying
1: away from that conversation i didn't want to bring it up i didn't, oh, didn't want to dude. do it.
3: no like like the thing is that that never happened like that that was those things that like that video that part it was called for beauties so that means that i did that in a different day for 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 camera effect and shit like that in the minute like the day before I went to the to to that to to that dudes to to the judge's bar and I got served a drink exactly the same way I did it you know and the, it is such a thing anchor in the eyes I got it from his own book you know yeah. so, so
1: so everybody knows that okay so let's 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 cuz again I think I think Alice can just go also, you've now you've now set the record for the amount of dope follows. We have people who like apologize for giving two, and you literally just gave thirteen. So,
0: uh, so, I mean, I knew
1: what I knew what we were getting into when
2: I asked you to be on this, and then second, like, I just love that you just continue to produce, uh, Chris. Who's your dope follow? Uh, mine is quick and simple. Mine is uh, middle class fancy on Instagram. It is just a bunch of jokes of if you grew up slightly poor or in the middle class, uh, just jokes and memes that you'll you'll get. And they're fun. Nice,
1: nice. Okay, and then um, mine is going to be another Netflix show. If you haven't watched it yet, the new series from Tim Burton, The Wednesday Show, is absolutely fantastic. I love what they did with the characters. Adam's Family is like one of my all-time favorite things. I love what they did with the story. Um, it's only eight episodes it's a little freaky at times but it's the perfect it's just chef's kiss on the adams family so um those were a lot but a lot of good follows dope follows
2: The music for the Good Bottle Podcast is orchestrated by the Moore Brothers and produced by these two guys. Before we go and kill these things that we've been drinking tonight, we ask that if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Drop us a note. Tell your Share friends. With your friends.
1: Share everybody. Tell everybody.
2: Uh, you can follow us on Instagram
1: or on Facebook at the Good Bottle Podcast, or on our personal accounts. Mine is D Garrison Six. Chris is Chris Sinflair. Alex, where can they find you on the social medias?
3: Oh, in Instagram at Down the Hatchets. Down
1: the Hatchets. What about the Lost Distillery? Is there? Is, there, is that have its own thing?
3: Yeah, the uh, the Lost First Distillery. I'm there Wednesday through Monday. Come in. Have
1: a chat with me. A nice so
2: quick chat, read. right? A really short yeah. one.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, it's great. I love it. I love it. Uh, if you'd like uh, for us to cover a story, or are you working with a brand that would like to be featured, please email us at thegoodbottlepodcast@gmail.com. And uh, a reminder: go check
1: out thegoodbottleshop.com and try to buy some buy some booze for the holidays. Uh, but until next time, guys. Cheers.
2: Cheers.
0: That is...